to get the community more in 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 tune with doing things with say with the daily life and the duties work and so forth of daily life and running the monastery and dealing with uh, situations that occur uh, but do it, don't really watch and see what you you tend to how you tend to react. So you don't get into these kind of compulsive, <coughs> obsessive kind of dizziness, uh, or, or you know, really sometimes it's when you have a, a youthful community like this, the, the energy really uh, is to always look the restless energy that's always uh, going on to the next important thing. There's always something in the material world, there's always something more to do. I mean, it's just uh, endless, hopeless task of trying to repair, maintain, keep clean, uh, build new, create the whole material realm. The Sister Gintamani and 600 windows to spread. <laughs> and by the time she finishes the 600, then the, the first one she did will be ready for <laughs> So if you're, you know, on that level, you just have to, to recognize that material world's like this, and we we learn how to live with it and relate to it without becoming just enslaved by it or our whole life kind of caught up in trying to keep it all together and, and uh, make it what we would like it to be. And one thing, a humbling uh, experience of being human is that we can't make everything the way we want it. Isn't it? It's, just, it's just beyond our ability to make life ourselves, other people, into what we want. <coughs> Even though it certainly made a good part of our life trying to do this, we always end up feeling depressed and despairing because, you know, <coughs> you can't do it, it's just not possible. As the sensory realm, the world is like this. Then there's uh, this the spring, the summer, the, all the things that are going to happen, the, the diary <coughs> filled with engagements, the, the, all these kind of things can give a sense of, of being overwhelmed. But the, the practice is one step at a time practice, inhalation, exhalation, and we just do what we can, what we need to know your own uh, limits. Like mentally, we'd all like to, to be the best and be vigorous and healthy and get in there and do our bit and, and do it well and, and pull our weight and, and so forth. Not one of us wants to be someone who 
who has who can't uh, keep up with the rest or can't be the best or can't uh, do everything the way they would like to or the or the way they they think they should be doing so then we can get into terrible mental states of feeling sorry for ourselves or feeling depressed or worthless because on one your mental image of what you should be uh, you can't quite ever reach that image so you or you compare yourself to somebody else so you think I should be like him should be like her if I were proper monk or nun I would be like that and this is the defilements of the mind pointing to is not to be grasped or believed in. In the way of mindfulness, we're, we're knowing what our limits are. We're not trying to get out of anything, or not putting limits so low that we to justify kind of laziness or, or that, but we are really being honest and recognizing what it is, the, the age we are, the constitution we have, and therefore is, is like this and we try to do the best we can with what what we have rather than uh, condemn ourselves for not having what we want or being what we would like to be I think that's one of the big kind of Obsession, driving obsessive forces in the European uh, civilization. We have this incredible drive, restless energy and drive. Uh, and of course, it's it's uh, sometimes we can't feel at ease or content with watching a fly buzzing on the window. And that's why Anapanasati is so good for us because it. There's no real purpose to it, is there? You try to get something out of it, like we have the jhanas and and uh, attain jhana, the first jhana, then second jhana, then third jhana, then fourth jhana, then, then uh, the fifth jhana, sixth. You really somebody who's getting some place. You're really a a winner, an attainer, PhD of the jhana. You really accomplished something. You're really somebody. You're not just an ordinary nobody, like some some monk or nun that just can sit watching a fly buzz around the window all day. You really, you really somebody. You know, maybe you're the you know you're you're a special gift to the world. Certainly, a lot better than than the rest. So this is this is the achievement, like having a PhD or honors degree, or having a title, or being the head, or the president, or the prime minister, or the best, or up in the top bracket, or considered. This is this is the seeking for fame. And, and then the result of that is incredible anxiety about being criticized or blamed for something. <coughs> mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the most beautiful of all? 
Yeah. If somebody else is, the mirror says someone else is more beautiful, we are we, depressed. We can't take it. Because that's all the, the, uh, the self-view, the, all our energy and, and uh, abilities are going into, to kind of, to, to keeping alive a delusion of self. Without a panasati, like it, it's like watching a fly buzz around the window. It doesn't really. It's really nothing much at all. Just watching an inhalation, an exhalation. Just begin to notice what your breathing is, that your body breathes. Just to know it, that breathing is like this. There's nothing, nothing like it being the, the expert on the jhanas and being the president of the Buddhist society. PhD from Oxford University. But in in the in but the attitude is one of being with the way things are, isn't it? Being with even with this this kind of obsessiveness and aggressiveness and restlessness of our minds to really just be with it, to know it, to know it, to see it. I'm not trying to intimidate you and say you shouldn't feel like that or you shouldn't have those kind of energies or you shouldn't <coughs> be obsessive and compulsive. You should be always calm and collected and patient with everything. That's what you should be. And you're not doing very well because you're obsessed with attainments. That's intimidation, isn't it? I'm intimidating you and you're making you feel guilty for the way it is. But if you're really, if you're willing to just look at, the, at yourself and see this, this is the way it is, this feeling, this, this uh, energy is like this, even if it's, if it's crazy energy or, or powerfully, emo powerful emotional energy or whatever, <coughs> this is the way it is, it, it's like this, it's like a fly buzzing around the window, it's just what it is, it's, it's not me. Then we can use the breath as just a way of, of bringing our attention to to what's happening. To say the the body breathing, as a, because this is what it does for its lifetime. It breathes like this. Sometimes on a retreat like this, when you're really faced with yourself, and, you're, and, and, uh, and then, and then when, when the retreat ends, one likes to throw oneself into busy activities. Really nice to absorb into work projects and writing books and, and doing all kinds of things. Because at last, you know, you can other than, than just having to bear with this restlessness and this impatience <coughs> and, and getting along that you can actually use your energy to do something, get something done, throw yourself into something or other. So watch that. We do have things to do, so we, we can use our energy for those things, but to really be aware of what you're doing, to 
really be honest with yourself. And so you can really see how you're, where you get deluded or where you get uh, caught up into things and lose yourself. And really to look at your weak spots, where you lose it, where you, where you blow it in life. Where this is it's important, not, not as a as a condemnation or, or an indulgence in views about being weak or worthless or heedless, but so you really know where, where the danger areas are. Like with wisdom, it doesn't mean that you're perfect, that you're going to do everything right and never make a mistake and, and you're always going to say exactly the right thing, do exactly the right thing all the time. But wisdom means that we learn from 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 our lives, from what we do and say, so that we we really need to know where we where we are blind, where we are weak. So then we can, when when we really know that, then we can work with that. We can really rather than avoid those situations out of fear and, and not wanting to have to, to look at something unpleasant, you feel courageous because you're suddenly willing to suddenly challenge these weaknesses, really investigate and, and work with it. And it gives you a sense of, of really of, you know, being courageous, fearless, where you're frightened before because you're afraid to look at all those things because they're painful or unpleasant or they might you take them very personally, and, and so you're always trying to avoid those subjects or those situations, and you can't bear to look at it. Can't, don't, don't, I can't stand to do that. I have to get away. I can't bear with this. I can't bear with that. And our life is one of just trying to avoid these weaknesses or these flaws or blind spots. And then our life is just to try, you know, we're always under threat because these things can always happen to us and we're not, in all, in our whole pattern of behavior has been to avoid them and run away as fast as we can, suppress it as quickly as we can. So rather than do that, then we really turn to them, not identify them, my kind of boast about our flaws and weaknesses, But we, we having admitted them and made, made them a conscious acceptance of those particular weak points, then we have something comes to us in which we can find ways of, skillful ways of uh, looking at and working with those places where we tend to fall apart or lose ourselves. <coughs>
the community because we cooperate. So really look for ways of supporting and helping the community life. I mean, don't get stuck in it. You, know, you don't want to recognize what, what, how to help, how to support. Like if you are, uh, if, if you don't want to make the oligarchies into you know, just kind of servants and people like have to, you know, where they get burned with too many things. You have to recognize that their limits and what the things that are absolutely necessary for them to do that we can't. But then the things that we can do, we can, we don't have to ask them to do. So you're, you're not just taking for granted, uh, thinking, well, you're a junior to me, or you're another garlic to things like this, but you're really looking for ways of helping them, helping each other, helping the Thiladras and the Vikus and, and the lay people living here. It's a community based on, on you know, interest in supporting and offering support and help rather than um, rights and privileges due to rank. That's ugly, isn't it? Every kind of having rights and privileges due to rank to me is, is not an appealing uh, <coughs> idea. But we want to, you know, really, really look to have ways of somebody, it's easy to, like it's very difficult for the Avatarians probably to say no sometimes. Quite willing to, wanting to to help or do the things that people want them to do, I think to do. And uh, so that you have to be sensitive to that. Not just uh, take it for granted that, or that, that because they say yes, it means they have the time and and all that energy to do it. Difficult saying no, isn't it? And so that we 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 have we we want to be try to be that mindful and sensitive to that, to the limit. And not that this this awful kind of compartmentalization of life where Amigarikas have to do this, and we have to do that, and we can't do this, and they have to do that, and blah, 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 and so forth. And it's, uh, it's just like you know, the, the, the sickness of our society, where, where I'm a, a filing clerk from, from F to, to G, and I wouldn't help anyone with A to B or anything else. This is I only cover this much. That's all I'm going to do, and that's it. And if I and if I'm expected to help anyone through the rest of the alphabet, too bad. No one just fixes on a particular limitation and attaches, and and, uh, and one becomes a, a, a nuisance, an ugly being. Uh, 
selfish and sensitive being. Now, here at this monastery, you feel stressed by, by living here. And is, it, is it a stressful situation? Are you just the creator of this stress? Ask yourself. And people get very tense and uptight here. But if you reflect on the situation, you see there's, there's a, it's a no intention to do that. You can, you can you know, make a, a big problem about what happens here, the way things are, and, uh, and then, it, then you have to suffer the consequences of your own delusion, which is stress, feeling sorry for yourself, or feeling, feeling misunderstood, or not being appreciated, or like an old shoe or something. That's your creation, that's not the way things are. And so you to really be honest with you, look at what you do, why you tend to to make problems and uh, really create a, a false image.
It's really hard to be honest with yourself, isn't it? <coughs> to really look at what you're doing. This, this life is really a, is a unrelenting mirror image. So that you really have to look at when your face is all twisted and so forth. You have to really look at that. Accept it and, and not to just avoid the ugliness that you might have to look at. So that through looking at that, then you, then you can certainly uh, not make any problems about it. You're willing to accept life as it is. Maturity and the emotions, emotional maturity, really looking at, at uh, what you're feeling, recognize, and bearing with it, putting up with your emotions without being indulgent or suppressive. Talking to like Venerable Kitisaro, who's, who's uh, had for years this uh, enervating illness, <coughs> Venerable Kodigo, who's his uh, ME, and he's like this. This is uh, one is uh, see that, that even though these look like terrible, uh, kind of tragic, uh, unfortunate things to happen to young men, yet both of them have really, I think, really learned a lot from it, willing to look and learn from what obviously they don't want and don't like and, and uh, which they would love to get rid of instantly if they could. Any kind of lingering, enervating, kind of nondescript and they're not quite sure exactly and they've got all the kind of misery connected to them of not, you know, not clearly defined, not exactly something or other and don't know if they actually can ever be cured and if you can actually you know, ever go away or maybe you'll be with them the rest of your life or, or then the thoughts of is it psychological, is it something wrong with me because I'm maybe suppressing something or, haven't come to terms with something because, uh, you know, the idea that if I, if I were perfectly clear and honest with no suppression, I'd be the, in perfect health, and the fitness could be strong and robust with 
so much energy and vigor and radiance. That's the ending. But then one can really get worried and uh, maybe there's something, you know, some, something I haven't come to terms with. Maybe I'm just a hypochondriac or, or is it, you know, just the, all the most miserable mental states can go around those kind of illnesses. So then, having to work through that, having to, both of them had to kind of really examine that, all that whole mess, that whole mass of suffering, and, uh, and willing to, to really look and, and see and notice and examine, and recognize the limits that they're under, the limits that such an illness, such a condition places on them, and accepting those limits, learning to bear with and work within limits. Maybe you don't like the limits, but you this is what you've learned, is what you can do, this is how far you can go. And, and, uh, and that takes wisdom and mindfulness. This is what, you know, a, a, an example of working with a condition that you don't want, and that you can resent, and that you can spend a lot of energy trying to get rid of. Medical kidneys are going through what, 50 treatments? Or? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody says, I'm going to cure you. All 50. <laughs> Definitely, a cure is what's going to happen. You're going to be able to get rid of this and go back and be completely like you were. Fifty over fifty disappointments. Sometimes these things are not particularly, you know, they're oftentimes make us face things, you know, like illnesses like that can oftentimes drive us to be wise. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if we don't use wisdom, we just suffer, suffer, suffer. If you're strong and healthy, and that you can, you can enjoy life a lot, so you can avoid a lot of things. Just through being vigorous and, and uh, having a lot of energy and having opportunities to just do interesting, fascinating things, you, you can put, put things off, the spiritual life off, because <coughs> you want to enjoy all this, 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 this pleasurable experiences. But when you have <coughs> like Crohn's disease, then your ability to enjoy life diminishes considerably. So then you can reflect on it. You can either spend your time trying to sleep all the time or or take drugs or 
feeling sorry for yourself or blaming somebody or blaming God or whatever, but if you but like with them they're using wisdom to, to reflect on it, to learn from it. So that is it's what sometimes these these seemingly unfortunate conditions sometimes are the devadutas, the messengers that waken us to Namrata. 